Thank you for joining us online today. My name is Steve Polk, Executive Pastor at First Baptist Rock Hill, and we're so glad that you've cho chosen uh, to engage with our online content today. Our pastor is beginning a new series. Uh, this will be the first message of three. We're going to be in general talking about what it's like to live in a hostile culture. Uh, you know there's a lot of hostility in the world today. I don't have to tell you that. But we're going to help you understand as a believer how to operate and how to live in that world. Our first message that pastor's going to bring is called Let Your Light Shine. We're going to talk about and better understand how to let the light of Christ shine through us into this crazy world that we live in. We're going to be in two places in Scripture. We're going to be in Matthew uh, chapter 5 and John chapter 17. So why don't we go ahead and grab your copy of God's Word and a notepad, uh, and let's get ready for Him to come. And as I pray, you prepare your heart for the message today. God, we thank you that you're with us, even the most hostile of times. Uh, we may not be there yet, but we know there's increasing hostility toward the gospel uh, and that this is a very challenging world in which we live. So as we listen to your word today, as we hear it preached, that we would find ways uh, to let our light shine within the world we live. So help us see that today. Give us action steps that we can use uh, this week. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the weekly newspaper from my small hometown in southeastern Kentucky, community that was devastated by the recent floods in that area. And there's stories in here about the flood and the recovery efforts. And there's one story about a woman named Emma, and I've known her for uh, many, many years, and it describes all she experienced during the flooding uh, the people who helped her. But what caught my attention was uh, something she said. There was a quote. She said, there are some good people in this world. Because of the people who helped her, it just reminded her there really are some good people in this world. And that is true. We see it all the time. But it's equally true. There's a lot of hostility in this world. There's a lot of enmity, a lot of conflict. There's a lot of evil in this world. You think about all that's going on in our planet today, uh, the Russian invasion of the Ukraine and the innocent lives that have been destroyed, the hostility that, that exists in that part of the world. You think about China and what it's doing and the conflict that it creates and the, the people that it keeps uh, pressure on because of communism. And uh, here, here, you know, just just the division. I mean, you think about with Queen Elizabeth dying in in the United Kingdom, and and uh, people are comparing how Harry and Meghan act to Prince William and Kate, and everybody's dividing up and taking sides. And whose side are you on? It's it's just just unfortunate the level of hostility and how everybody has an opinion on everything and and our opinions quite often are so very very negative you think about the issues we're facing in america the crisis at our southern border and governors busing immigrants to other parts of the country uh the the conflict in america over sexual identity over sexual Ethics and values and moralities, the, the, the intense hostility that exists on the part of some, whether it's dealing with law enforcement, the judicial system, the issue of uh, abortion and life, race relations, on and on we could go. It seems like there is so much hostility in our world, so much hostility in America today. 
And truthfully, it's been amplified in recent decades because of technology. When I was growing up, if you wanted to know the news, you had some options. Every evening at uh, 6.30, you could watch the 30-minute newscast on ABC, CBS, or NBC. 30 minutes, that was it. Had your local news before and your local news at night. You could read the newspaper. You could read magazines, and that was it. But with all the advances in technology, with with Twitter, with Facebook, social media, uh, multiple cable companies that are broadcasting news 24 hours a day, seven days a week, nonstop, and more and more of it is not news, but just people uh, pushing their opinions and, and the hostility, the hostility among individuals and groups in our nation and in our world seems to be at an all-time fever pitch. And there are individuals, there are groups who are showing hostility toward faith groups, especially those of us who hold to the traditional understanding of the faith, of Christianity, of the gospels of Jesus Christ, especially as it relates to the biblical teaching on sexual issues. But the truth is, Jesus said it's going to be that way, that the world we live in, the culture we live in is going to be filled with hostility and it's not new. It shouldn't surprise us. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus said, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. He said that over 2,000 years ago, and it's been true of every decade and every century since. Think of of the disastrous wars that have been fought in our past and the millions and millions of people who've died over the centuries because of war, hostility. He said, nation will rise against nation. And then more personally, as it relates to his disciples, he said, they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. And you will be hated, hated by all nations because of my name. Jesus said there will be hostility among the nations, among people groups, and there will be hostility toward his followers. And then Jesus in Matthew 24, verse 12 said, because because lawlessness is increased, most people Most people will grow their love, their heart will grow cold. And so Jesus says, why why are you surprised? It's always been a hostile world. It's a hostile world today. It's filled with hostile cultural ideas and conflict. So the question for you and me that I want to talk about today and for the next three Sundays is this. As followers of Jesus Christ, as disciples of our Lord, how are we to live in this hostile culture? How are we to live and conduct ourselves in a hostile world? Are we to, uh, to compromise to the pressure, if you will, and, and conform our beliefs and our lifestyles to what the culture pressures us to do? Or are we to to run away and hide, to retreat, if you will, quote unquote, into a a monastery, so to speak, and, and just withdraw and try to act as though the world doesn't exist? Are we supposed to fight, perhaps using political power to win the culture wars? What did Jesus say? And what does the Bible teach? Well, today and the following two Sundays, I want to answer that question. How are we to live? What did Jesus say about the way we are to live as his followers in this hostile world, in this hostile culture? 
To begin, I'd like for you to open your Bible with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5. And this is the beginning of Jesus' famous sermon on the mount. And, and, and the verses I want to focus on and the title for today's message, the verses are 14 and following where Jesus says, let your light shine. And so in this first message on how you and I are to live in this hostile culture, it's simply this. We are to let our light shine. That little old song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Notice what Jesus says in Matthew 5, starting at verse 14. He said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. The idea is that if you're driving and in the distance there's a a, a town, buildings on a hillside, it's visible. You are the light of the world. You are to be visible. He said, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket. It's silly to turn on a lamp and then cover it so it doesn't put out any light. It's silly to say I'm the light of the world, but then I'm going to retreat and hide somewhere and, and, and just pretend the world doesn't exist. He said instead we put it on the lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. We are to be the light of this world. He says in verse 16, let your light shine before men. But notice what he says. Let your light shine before men in such a way, in such a way. Not just any way you want, but in such a way. There's a certain way God wants us to do it. In such a way that they may see your what? Your good works, your good deeds. And glorify. When they see you doing what is good, they will glorify the Father who is in heaven. Jesus said when we live in this hostile culture, we are to live such a good life, live in such a good way that our light shines and it brings glory to God. So how do we do that? Well, the context, the Sermon on the Mount is where Jesus says this. And in this chapter, in this sermon, Jesus talks about his disciples living a very radical lifestyle, one that is so different than what the culture promotes. In verse 5, he says, blessed are the gentle, to be gentle, not harsh. In verse 7, blessed are the merciful, showing mercy. In verse 9, blessed are the pure in heart. Pure in heart, pure motives, and therefore a pure lifestyle. Look at verse 22 in this Sermon on the Mount. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court, and whoever says to his brother, good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court, and whoever says, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. Jesus said the way you talk to people and about people matters. When Jesus is talking about letting our light shine, it's not only in how we live, it is also how we speak. And on and on and on through this, through this, this sermon, Jesus says some very radical things about what it means to live for him and let our light shine for a few moments. I want to focus near the end of the chapter on verses 43 and following. And here's the first lesson that I want us to see in God's word about how to let our light shine in this hostile culture. If we're going to let our light shine, we will do it, Jesus teaches here, by showing, listen, by showing love 
by showing love to those who are hostile toward us and those who do not agree with us. Jesus teaches very forthrightly, very clearly in this Sermon on the Mount that we let our light shine in this dark and hostile world by loving those who treat us with hostility and loving those who do not agree with us. Look at what he said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 in this famous Sermon on the Mount. He said, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor but hate your enemy. But I say to you, Jesus says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Why? Verse 45, so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. He said, it's what the children of God do. The, the followers of Jesus do. It's, it's, and, you're, and you're following God's example because he continues in verse 45, for he, God, causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. God blesses those who are his and those who are not his. God blesses those who love him and are righteous and those who do not love him and are not righteous. And he says, if you want to be like your father, you will do the same thing. He adds in verse 46, for if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same thing? And I don't have time to go into the tax collectors, but it's the idea that if you only love those who are good to you, kind to you, love you, if, that's, if those are the only ones you love and do good to, you're no different than anybody else. But everyone who follows me, Jesus says, is different. We love those who don't love us. We love those who are hostile toward us. In verse 47, he says, if you greet only your brothers... What are you doing more than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? If you only greet those who are part of your group, so what? Big deal, everybody. I mean, even, even you know, terrorist groups and hate groups, they greet one another. And so Jesus is saying, if the only people you greet and are good to and kind to and love are those who are part of your group, those who agree with you, those who are good to you. You're no different than anybody else. He said, my followers are different because we love and we greet those who are not part of our group. Wow. Some radical teaching from our Lord. And what he's saying here, listen, brothers and sisters, is do not, if you're my disciple, Jesus says, do not let the culture corrupt you. Do not let the culture disciple you. And that means so much more than us simply say we're not going to compromise and change our values and change our beliefs and change our convictions because of the pressure this culture puts on us. That is part of it. We don't compromise. But not allowing the culture to corrupt us means that we also do not allow the culture to teach and train and shape how we respond, how we deal with situations, how we treat people, how we 
talk, how we act. Don't allow the corrupt culture to corrupt how you act, talk, think, and treat people. See, the culture today is is so full of hostility, so full of anger. People today are vindictive and combative and argumentative. That's the sinful culture we live in. And what Jesus is saying, you don't allow that culture to shape how you act. That if we're following Christ and we're loving the world, if we're letting our light shine, we're not going to be combative and argumentative and vindictive and hostile. And angry like our culture is. He said in verse 44, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's the the exact opposite of all these different groups in our culture that hate each other and all the hostility that different groups, whether it's on the left or the right or for this issue or that cause, the, the, the way they treat each other with such hostility and, and some groups treat us with hostility. Jesus is saying we don't do it that way. How do we live in this hostile culture? By letting our light shine. And we let our light shine by acting differently even toward those who don't like us. Those who would seek to harm us. He says we love them. And we pray for them. And I am convinced, brothers and sisters, if we spend as much time praying for people who don't like us and praying for people whose lives are messed up as we do complaining about them and shouting at them, man, the difference it would make. Luke, in his gospel, sharing some of the same things Jesus said, added some additional notes. There he tells us in Luke 6, 27, Jesus said, love your enemies. Do Listen to this. Do good to those who hate you. See, it's one thing for us to, you know, oh, I love them. We, we shout and we scream and, and, and we act just like the culture, but I love them. No, 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 no. Jesus said, do good to those who hate you. Love is an action. Love is seen not just in our words, but in our behavior. How we respond, how we treat people, how we talk to people, and how we talk about people. Jesus said, do good to those who hate you. He goes on in Luke to say, bless those who curse you. Don't return scream for scream, shout for shout, insult for insult. That's not how disciples of Jesus act. And that's not how we shine our light in this messed up sinful world, this hostile culture. He said, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. In June, Monisa and I were in Anaheim, California, attending the annual meeting of the Southern Baptist Convention and During one lunch gathering, we saw uh, an interview with a young woman named Shelby Houston, 18 years old. She's the daughter of the police officer in Texas who was killed in a parking lot of a grocery store last December. And some of you probably saw the video. It went viral of her eight-minute speech during her dad's 
memorial service. She gave a eulogy on behalf of her father. And in her eulogy, this 18-year-old daughter of this murdered cop, murdered while on duty, she talked about remembering her dad and her talking about fellow police officers who had been killed in the line of duty. And, and then she said, and this is a quote, I've always had such a hard time with how the suspect is dealt with. Wow, listen to this. She went on to say, not that I didn't think there should be justice, but my heart always ached for those who don't know Jesus. And their actions, their actions are a reflection of that. She said, I was always told that I would feel differently if it happened to me. But as it's happened to me, to my own father, I think I still feel the same. She said, yes, since her father was killed, she's felt anger and grief and sadness and confusion. But she went on to say, and this is a quote, part of me, part of me wishes that I could despise the man who did this to my father. But I can't get any part of my heart to hate him. All that I can find in myself, find, find is myself hoping Listen to this. All that I can find is myself hoping and praying for this man to truly know Jesus. She, she said, my prayer, my prayer is that someday down the road, I get to spend some time. I get to spend some time with a man who shot my father. And then she said, not to scream, not to yell at him, not to scold him but simply to tell him about Jesus. She models for us exactly what Jesus is teaching. That if we want to let our light shine in this hostile world, we must choose to show, not just to say we love, but to demonstrate, to actually actively show love to those who treat us with hostility, and those who do not agree with us. How do we live in this hostile world? Jesus said, let your light shine by being different than the culture and how you treat even your enemies. Learn to love them. That's the first lesson. There's a second lesson real briefly as I wrap this up on how we let our light shine in this hostile world. And it's this. We let our light shine by living. Listen. By living a sanctified life. In the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5, verse 6, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger, not for food, but for righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, not for water, but for righteousness. Jesus said as his disciples, as his followers, the craving of our soul, the craving of our being, the craving of our heart, the craving of our life should be righteousness. And in John chapter 17, he talks about that. So go ahead and turn in your Bible a few pages forward. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and look in chapter 17 of John's gospel. Because in this passage, Jesus is praying for us. 
It's the evening when he's going to be arrested, put on trial, and the following morning crucified. But that evening before he's arrested, he is praying. And in his prayer, he prays for us. He prays for me. He prays for you. He prays for the followers he had in that day. He prayed for everyone who would follow him in the centuries to come. Jesus is praying for us, for me and you. That evening in the Garden of Gethsemane, and I want you to notice part of his prayer in John chapter 17, starting at verse 14, he says to the Father, I have given them your word. Father, I've given my followers your word. And by the way, the Holy Spirit inspired them to write it down. And we have the word he gave them. This is his word. I've given them your word. And the world has hated them. See, Jesus knew the world would show us hostility. He prayed for us because it would. Why does it surprise us? He says, the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. We're not part of this culture. Yes, we live here, and there are things we enjoy here and things we do here, but we belong to the kingdom of God. We belong to the kingdom of heaven. We are followers of Jesus, and he is discipling us, not this culture. He is transforming us and shaping us into his image rather than us allowing the culture to conform us into its image. Verse 15, as he continues praying for us, he says, I do not ask you to take them out of the world. See, Jesus did not want us to be taken to heaven as soon as We were saved. He left us here in this hostile culture. He said, instead, what I'm praying, Father, is for you to keep them from the evil one. As we live in this hostile culture, Father in heaven, keep them from Satan. Keep them from the enemy. Keep them from sin. Keep them from the evil one. Verse 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. And then here's where I want you to really focus for a moment. He said, sanctify them in the truth. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Father, your word is truth. Sanctify them in the truth. What is the truth? Your word. The word sanctified can be translated holiness or holy. It has the the, the meaning meaning that uh, we are holy, we are sanctified in the sense that we are set apart, we are separated, we're different than the culture, we're different than the world. Why? Because we belong to God. We are His. We are His servants and we we are His instruments. That's the reason earlier when we were talking about loving as the Father loved, we demonstrate we are children of God and we reflect Him back in Matthew chapter 5, When we love those who don't love us because that's what God does. To be sanctified means we are set apart. We are holy. We are dedicated to. We belong to God. And therefore we live like it. We live what we call holy lives. We live what we call sanctified lives because we belong to Jesus Christ. And as we live in relationship with him, we are growing spiritually and being transformed, becoming more and more like our father, more and more like our savior. That's what sanctification means. And he says, 
We are sanctified. We, we grow in our knowledge of, of our belonging to Jesus and we, we grow in our ability to reflect Jesus. We grow in our Christ-likeness. We grow in our godliness and our holiness and our sanctification. He says, sanctify them in truth. What is the truth? It's your word. Don't allow the culture to corrupt you. Rather, allow the Word of God and the truth of God as the Holy Spirit takes it and works in your life to sanctify you so that you live a sanctified life that reflects Jesus. How do we let our light shine in this world? We reflect Jesus and His holiness. We reflect Jesus and His love. And it takes both. The truth is, Hypocrisy is killing us in the church today. Hypocrisy is snuffing out our light. When we act like the culture more than we act like Jesus, the light of our witness is diminished. Hypocrisy is destroying our ability to share the gospel effectively, to do evangelism. When our lifestyles are no different than the culture. When the way we talk about people and act is no different than the culture. When we allow the culture to corrupt us. And rather than loving those who are hostile toward us, we return it with hostility. We're not showing the light of Jesus we're, we're, we're not being an effective witness. We're, we're not acting like and looking like and sounding like our Savior. How do we live in this hostile world that it can be so, so challenging and so scary, so disheartening? But Jesus said, don't be intimidated by this culture and its hostility. Love. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse, who curse you. Pray, pray for those who mistreat you. Let your light shine by acting like Jesus. Don't let the world corrupt your behavior and your attitude. Let your, let your light shine. And you will find the power to live well in a world that doesn't love you. But if you start acting like the world, you will struggle and struggle and your heart will become hostile and corrupted. And that's not what Jesus wants. I do not believe that's what you want. We're going to talk about some more things the next two weeks. But the first lesson, how do we live in a hostile culture? Let our light shine by loving those who are hostile toward us and by living a godly, sanctified life. It makes all the difference. It really does. God bless you, and I'll see you next Sunday.